Welcome back to another episode of Credential Justine Fernandez alongside Jillian Mealy. And in this episode, we are talking the ever-changing work dynamic. How do we balance this thing called work, <laughs> life, and this new virtual demanding world? And what do we think about changing office and work norms? That is all ahead on this episode. And Jillian, I think I have to start with, I think people are burned out. Everyone I talk yes. to, friends, my husband, family members, clients that I work with in my day-to-day -day job, they all tell me how busy they are. Yeah, they're, you're right on that. They are busy. People are super busy right now. People are burned out. I can speak from experience. So as you know, Justine, because you went through an MBA program, when I've been going through mine, you take a bunch of different classes. And one of the classes I took about a year ago was a leadership class. And in the class, they give you a bunch of assessments to really test your leadership style and things like that. Well, one of them was an actual job burnout survey. And my professor sent me a private separate email after receiving my homework saying like, wow, first of all, thank you for being vulnerable. Are you okay? Yes, you are burned out. It was like wow. such a rude awakening to me to take that survey. And granted, I will forever cherish actually having to take that survey because it sort of told me everything I was feeling inside and that I already knew. But job burnout is a legit thing. It is a serious thing. And I don't know why people are so burned out right now. For mm -hmm. me anyway, I can speak from my experience and it's obviously different for people and different for different industries, but in the news business, the broadcasting industry, and I don't know if you feel this way, Justine, I feel like just as time has gone on, a lot of companies, a lot of stations are trying to do more with, with fewer people and their demands are higher than ever. The hours are longer than ever. Sometimes the expectations are more unrealistic than ever. Certainly not every circumstance, but I feel like that's happening a lot lately. And I don't know why we got to this point. I think for sure in news, you had to be everywhere where it started out, you were getting things ready for television. And then we have all these other mediums that we now have to reach people on True. too. So which a social media editor could be another full-time job that you're now asking journalists to post and be present and have an opinion on those platforms as, as well. I think from my perspective, there is something about virtual calls in Zoom that is so exhausting. <laughs> I think it, it is hard on your brain. I think it's hard on your eyes even. And I think that the amount of time we spend on the computers is definitely contributing to the burnout. There are some days where I am on the computer, either in a call or working on a deliverable from 7.30 in the morning until 7.30 at night. Why is it though? Okay. So aside from like looking at the screen and the blue light and all of this, because you're right, what is it that's so... I guess, mentally exhausting and draining about this virtual work because I feel it. I'm working from home oftentimes now. And some days I'm like, I mean, I, gosh, like I'm, I, I barely left my house and I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> why? Yeah. I think we're supposed to go out in the world and have in-person conversations. I think a conversation that you have in person is three times less taxing. 
And at least for me and my work, those are the reasons I go into work in an office to collaborate. Mm -hmm. I think collaboration is so much more effective in person to learn when I'm new at something, right? You can ask so many more questions. So if you're newer in role, so many benefits to going in office, like even the little things you don't want to bug someone about like, Hey, uh, how do I submit this form? (laughs) Those are all things that I think create, there takes so much more work to do digitally or on a call virtually. What do you think? I think you're right about that. And I also think it's the whole, like you, you learn things from other people. You talk about collaboration and you're energized by other people. You get to read their body language. You get to, I think, assess more through conversation in person versus just over the computer. And I think that you can, I think you can be productive in both manners. I do in both situations, but I think you can be more productive as a team when you're in person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you said an important thing there, like you are, can be really productive at home and virtually, like there's no doubt about that. So then knowing kind of what this new environment demands of us, demands of the workforce, how do you juggle that? Especially for you look at us, Jillian, we have multiple uh, jobs, multiple priorities. We get this question a lot. Well, you've got like 17 jobs. So (laughs) why don't you start? (laughs) Um, Currently, the count is at three if you count this podcast. Um, I think one... The extra jobs are things I really enjoy and that energize me. So they don't feel like work. So if you're going to add something to your plate when you're already busy, if it's something that energizes you, you get excited about, you're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work. Sure. And I think you have to be regimented about your schedule. Like, yes, has my social life has been a bit sacrificed? Yes. But I'm getting to do something I really love. And I think you have to carve out time. So I know, for example, if I'm in the basketball season when I'm in studio and I'm covering games, I know that a night that week, I'm going to be spending a couple hours prepping and studying for those games. So I plan for that. I know that a night in that week, I'm not going to get to chill or do my workout classes after work. I'm going to have a night where I'm going to be spending some time reading articles and prepping for the games that I have later that week. I think it's all about diligence. And it's all about setting your priorities and and scheduling and prioritizing. You know, Justine, we've talked about it. School's hard. I'm going to be wrapping up my MBA in the next few months. And I decided to take my last class, which is what I've heard is a very difficult analytics class, along with my capstone at the same time, starting January 16th. And I already know it's going to be a nightmare. Like I've already been told this is going to be extremely challenging, but I've already told those closest to me, my family, friends, you know, boyfriend, I've told everyone, I'm like, you're going to have to understand that for these eight weeks, I have to focus. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is what we have to do in all of our lives and remind ourselves to do is set those priorities, focus in on what your goals are for that period of time. For me, it's going to be those eight weeks. For you, it might be basketball season. For someone else, it might be, I, I'm, you know, I don't know what, maybe summer. If I know my friends are teachers and they have to prioritize their summer because it's limited time that they get off to do things with their family, with their friends, and those things that they can do without school being in session. So for everybody, it's different, but prioritizing and focusing, and I'm learning this as I'm going along, not putting your energy on too many things at once because I've been guilty of that 
for a lot of my life, especially this last year with sort of developing out my work and my business, I've been guilty of having all these ideas and wanting to do all these things. And then you're like, okay, but I need to reel it in. Like I need mm -hmm. to pick these few things and I need to focus on them. And I think with this world where so many people are still online, it's very easy, especially as you know, if you're working from home to get sidetracked and start all these projects and do all these things. And oh, let me throw in this laundry while I'm in between calls. And before you know it, your brain's like, ah, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't focus right now. <laughs> no, there's a great book called Deep Work that is 100% about that, that our brain is not really built to multitask. And I think one of the harder transitions is that you have to start to say no to things, even things that, that you want to do, because then you just don't give your best effort if you're spread too thin. And I think for me on a day-to-day -day basis, what has helped is one, I recently made the shift. I now work out in the morning because mm -hmm. it was really stressing me out that I had this workout class because I'm a class person at 5.30 and I didn't know if I'd be done with my work by then. I get it done in the morning when I don't have calls. There's nothing going on at seven in the morning. That's my time. I get it done. I feel great. And then I go into my work day. And if I work till six or seven, so what? We'll, okay. We'll get yeah. the work done. And then the other thing is you have to create time for yourself in your calendar because it will get booked over. There will always be a meeting to go to and you need to set aside focus time for yourself, a lunch for yourself. And that's the biggest change I think I made in 2023 was I set aside a block where I actually get to eat lunch or check emails. Now what? there's, believe it or not, while there's days where that gets booked over, there's, there's a meeting I have to be at set. No one for the most part books over that time. I have that yeah. time to actually eat. And when I speak with a lot of leaders, that's one piece of advice that I give them is, are you prepping enough before your meetings? If the, yep. it's a meeting where you need to show up effectively, block the time before it. Get yes. to it before someone else does. <laughs> Prep work is so important. Blocking that time, scheduling out your time is so important. And Justine, I know you and I have talked about this separately and we'll we'll talk about it today, but I've had multiple high-level executives, CEOs included in this conversation, say to me, not sure what's going on with, you know, this up-and-coming generation. Maybe it's COVID and the fact that, you know, look, a lot of people who are graduating college right now and entering the work world, they, for a number of years, were not in person as much as the rest of us were because of the pandemic and because of, you know, stay at home and things like that. And so maybe it has something to do with that. But I've had a number of CEOs say to me, you know, I've brought out some of my younger hires, some of my new hires. And they can't even hold a conversation with business professionals at a lunch. Wow. What is going on? Literally, they say that to me. And well, here's the thing. In the remote environment we're in now, we know that Amazon, Apple, Starbucks, they're requiring their employees to come in three days a week. So this now there's some companies where they're going to be 100% remote. But that kind of hybrid is, I think, where things are headed, if not there already. So being able to have those in-person skills, carry a conversation, be able to present effectively in front of others, um, both in what you say, how you present yourself, et cetera, it's going to be important. 
Yes. And how you dress, how you present yourself, as you just said, those interaction skills are so important. And here's the other part of this. You know, you and I have worked in person our whole lives and we worked from home. I'm working from home more now than I ever have. But during the pandemic, you know, you went back to school and you were at home. You were in school in person full time and stopped working for a little bit. But we already have that foundation of what it's like to go into an office every day, to go into work every day, to be required to be there five days a week, to have those interactions, to know how to handle yourself when you have a crisis or when you have a conflict or when times are good at work. You know, there's, there's, it runs the gamut. We've already had all of those experiences, but the people graduating college now haven't. And so I actually don't know how I would handle it if I was graduating college right now, didn't even have all of my college time in person because of the pandemic. And now I'm entering into this work world where maybe it's a work from home job, maybe it's a hybrid job, not sure. But how do you develop those skills then if you're not developing them in the workplace five days a week? I think that you also can get some of them on a virtual call. Maybe those are the opportunities where you practice speaking up and getting comfortable. And then you can put those into practice in person. I also think for a vast majority of jobs, if they're not requiring you to go to an office, you can still go into the office. <laughs> That's a hundred percent. Like when we think about things that we might miss by being virtual, you miss that networking time that mm -hmm. happens organically at an office. You miss that opportunity to ask questions, which I talked a, lot, a little bit ago, or ask somebody more senior, hey, how would you approach this? Or, hey, I'm running into this. I just think that sometimes you just don't build relationships as effectively as you might in person when you're virtual. What, what else do you think might be missing when we no. stick to an only virtual approach? I, I agree with you 100%. The networking, especially for the younger generation, is huge. And I think that it's unfortunate that they've probably, a lot of them anyway, not all of them, but have missed out on that because of the experiences the last few years. But I think the networking, I think those conversational skills are huge because yes, you can get some of it online, but I will tell you, and as you very well know, Justine, speaking to a television or speaking to a teleprompter or to mm -hmm. a camera in a studio is very different than speaking to an audience that you see in front mm -hmm. of your face. Mm -hmm. And I'm, 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 you know, giving this example of our time in broadcasting. It's a different, it's just a different experience. So many people say to me, oh, well, you know, you've spent your life on TV, so you must not get nervous when you give presentations or speeches. And I'm like, no, like I, I don't usually, but every now and then I will because it's different. And so speaking to a computer, even though you're still speaking to people on the other end and you can see their face and you can see some reactions and get some responses, it's still different than having that same meeting or that same conversation in a conference room or in an office or in a work environment. So I think that is huge. And that is something that I don't know where this is going to go. Like, are things going to stay hybrid forever? No idea. But I, I think it's a shame that if you're growing up and trying to enter this work world right now, mm -hmm. that's how it is. Because it's hard. It's very hard. And I, I do find that I'm way less drained when I've spent a day in the office 
working with people in person as opposed to a day where I'm taking virtual calls. Now, I understand the argument, though. I'm not to go into the office to then be on calls the entire time. Save the commute time and take those calls from home. Get it? Makes sense. But I do think there's a certain something when you meet in person that it's organic, you bond, you learn faster. It's just not there as easily when you work virtually. No, I agree with you. So where do we see this going? Because I'm actually surprised that more places haven't made people come back into the office full time than already have. I think that it's going to likely be a hybrid approach. I know we there was an article by Forbes, 98% of workers want to work remote some of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a really hard shift to shift back out of. Um, I've also seen articles where they say by 2026, some companies will be going back to five-day in-person weeks. I think it's that hybrid approach. I think it's a targeted approach of you're in the office a few days a week and you take remote calls on those days where perhaps you have you have less in-person meetings, like a Friday, for example. But I think it would be remiss for young people to think that I can just be virtual. There's some companies or to, there's a lot of perks with being virtual, right? You can do your laundry or if you really (laughs) want to, or you can not dress up as much and be in comfortable clothes or squeeze in this and squeeze in that. That is a luxury, not the norm. And also sometimes just not as enjoyable to sit in your house all day on calls. And sometimes you do get free lunch at work. That's a perk. And a lot of companies are offering that to lure people right. back in the office. Yeah. I'm just saying. Or the vending machines there. Like you get those snacks that, you know, mm-hmm. at home you look in your cabinets and you're hoping it's there, but it's it's probably not there. <laughs> I would love your thoughts. Another hot topic around this is the four-day work week. I love it. Okay. Tell me why. No, I mean, look, I don't know realistically what it would do for our economy here in the United States, things like that. I just say on the surface level, I love it because two days on the weekend has just never been enough for me. Like, I just always need that third day. And Mm -hmm. I've been saying for years, I'm like, gosh, I'd love when I become president, we're going to have a four day work week. I mean, I'm never running for president, just clarifying. But that's what I the joke I've been making for years. I don't know. I don't. I think that that would help us with the work-life balance a little bit more. I think maybe if we had a four-day work week, again, I don't even know that this would be realistic. So I'm just romanticizing what this would be like, if you will. But maybe it would help with the work-life balance. Maybe people would be more motivated to work harder Mm -hmm. in those four days, maybe, to be in the office for those four days, to give it through all those four days and and knowing that you have that three-day weekend that you can do a little Mm. bit more with your time. I don't know. That's just kind of my thought on it. But again, not sure realistically if it's right. I hadn't thought about the office component of that, of if you have four-day work week and the expectation is that you're in those four days, it is a little bit easier to justify making the commute because you know you have the longer weekend. I do think we as a society, as a country, we work way too much. Mm -hmm. I'm a hard worker. This is coming from somebody who likes to work. I have three jobs. This is not coming (laughs) from I don't want to work. I just think that our priorities are a bit off. Now, whether or not that answer to that is a four-day work week, I don't know. I think weekends are too short. 
you're not ready by Monday usually. I, I feel like a third day would really help people come back, feel refreshed, et cetera. I think where I work, we get summer Fridays and that is huge. Now Fridays tend to be slower, but to know that you have that half day on Friday, whether you need to go travel somewhere, that's where it kind of came from was because people take a lot of summer trips or you can schedule an appointment during a a work week day because it's hard. You can't get doctor's appointments on the weekends, et cetera. Knowing that you have that time set aside already for you, for what you need to accomplish is amazing. And and maybe that's kind of the right balance. Because the one thing that is nice about Fridays is sometimes it can become a catch-up day. So the things that you didn't get to earlier in the week when things are a bit slower, you don't have as many meetings on Fridays, you can catch up on those. But you could also just have four 10-hour days and then mm-hmm. have Friday off. And you could always, if you had to get a couple things done, you could do it. I would love, I would love that. I would love four 10-hour days because – As you know, and I'm sure it's like this in a lot of industries, in news, most of the time your days are that long anyway. I won't say which job, but I had a job where we'd have a 9 a.m. meeting. You're expected to be there in person, which is great. That's very normal. And then if you're in the 6 o'clock news and say you're two hours away, you're live at 6, and then you're not getting back to the station until 8, and then by the time you get home, it's like 8.30, close to 9, Mm -hmm. and that was like, oh, what's the problem? Well, you got to sleep. Hungry. I have other yeah. things to do. I need to sleep. Like I, you know, it's and and when that would become a routine, then you're like, "No, we we need to have a conversation about this." Mm-hmm. But if that were my, you know, expectation that I was working 10-11 hour days, even 12 hour days sometimes, 4 days a week, I might be like, "You know what? I would do this for a 3 day weekend. You can I would do that." Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But when you're mm-hmm. asking me to do it for 5 days a week and and it's regular, to your point, I think we are overworked sometimes. Job burnout, going back to that. <laughs> yes. Do you think, because, you know, there's a lot of talk about burnout and, you know, this generation, you've heard it before, this generation just doesn't know how to work or et cetera. I'm from the school of thought that in having the experience I have now, it's real. I've, yeah. I've experienced it in news. I've experienced it working a more corporate job. I don't think anybody is making up the burnout thing. Like, I think we are expecting a lot of people. I agree with you 150%. Like, I couldn't agree with you more. And the thing is, like, I've even had conversations with some of my managers in the past about the schedule, about the hours, about, you know, things like that. And, and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and they don't, they don't care. I've had others that do care though. I've, I had a job where my bosses, I had one experience with this, where my bosses genuinely deeply cared about us, about our personal lives, about our time, about our families. What do you need? No problem. Like Mm -hmm. I wish, I know so many people who have never had that experience. And I wish that experience upon people because you can see the difference it makes. For instance, this job I worked at where my bosses cared. It made me want to work harder for them. And I'm a hard worker, but it made me want to put in that extra effort, just that extra, you know, 110% because they were kind to us and because they cared about us. And because when things went wrong and I would call and say, oh my gosh, something happened and 
I can't come to work. No problem. And it, it made you not want to abuse the system mm -hmm. ever. When the opposite happens, it makes you resentful and it makes you like, come on, really? You know what I mean? I think you're describing the leaders, the managers that you want to work for. Similar experience. I had a manager where my mom was going through a health scare, ended up all being fine. But at the time we were kind of, we were unsure. And they, I was at a, a big event that we look forward to all year. And mm -hmm. my manager told me, you get home as soon as you can. Some things are more important. And let me tell you, Jillian, I would have run through a wall for yep. that boss. Yep. Exactly. I was forever touched by that. So for the managers, the bosses listening, these are the things that are important. And these are you how you get 110% yes. of people. And these are the things that can either help or hurt the job burnout, I think. Mm -hmm. And for those looking for a job, I think it's important to ask those conversations. Now you want to get the job. I understand that very much, but try and get a sense of either talking to other people who work there. What is, wh how's the work-life balance? Um, what, how do you prioritize this as a company? Mm -hmm. What's in place to make sure, et cetera. These are conversations that you should be having in the job process, job hiring process. Yes, I agree with you. And actually, I have personal experience with that too, where I accepted a job somewhere and I had heard little inklings of people being like, oh, I, I heard it's, you know, interesting to work there or, oh, I heard, you know, whatever, pick, pick, <laughs> pick any line you want. And I was starting to be like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm never going to say where this was or who these people were, but then I got there and it all came true. And I was mm -hmm. like, huh. Okay. So to that point you just made, it does happen when you hear things or when you ask people what it's like to work somewhere or when you ask them what the work-life balance is like, or are you able to be creative in your role there? Are you able to grow somewhere? Mm -hmm. All of those things are so important because when you're unhappy in a job, that can lead to job burnout as well. I don't look at job burnout as just like, oh, I'm working a lot of hours and I'm tired. I look at job burnout as everything that goes into it, the leadership teams, how things are structured, if you're able to have creative liberties, if you're able to grow at a place in a role. All of these things, I think, lead to that pull between satisfaction and being unsatisfied in a job. Mm -hmm. And I think that that in itself burns people out when you're unsatisfied in a job. Yes. And what you said there too is making sure your creativity in whatever form it may be it, it is not stifled is a huge thing. Because when you feel like one, you cannot grow in your role anymore, whether it be intellectually or even just getting to the next level, that can lead to a lot of unhappiness and for people to go seek other jobs. You're so right. When we say burnout, it is not just about the hours, but that you're just fundamentally unhappy. Yeah. And we don't want that for anybody. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> so a great conversation here. We wanted to kick off the year with this one is everybody is headed back to work. Uh, we appreciate all of you listening and we'll have another episode coming your way soon.